Welcome to the Little Extra Podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Shauna. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a film, discuss our opinions of that film before we watch it, and then we're going to come back with a bit of post-match analysis. And this week, Darren's chose, and I know nothing about the film, so it's going to be pretty exciting. That's right. So next week is Shauna's choice, but this week, you're all mine. (laughs) This is our first episode. Very excited to be here. Very excited to be introducing the first film. I'm ready. Just rip, rip it off okay. like a plaster. Just tell me what it is now. Go hit okay. me with it. Okay, I've got some bad news and some bad news with okay. this one. I'm afraid okay. today we are going to be watching the Dolph Lundgren classic, Masters of the Universe. Okay, I'd like to pretend to know what that is. Okay, but I don't. Not a clue. Fair enough. Well, not you're in. in for a treat then. Do you know who Dolph Lundgren is? No. He's a a big man with a big blonde mullet. Okay, Basically. I feel like you're describing Donald Trump right now. He's Yeah, he's the 80s version of Donald Trump, if Donald Trump had just got addicted to steroids. Okay, yeah. so he's hench, he's like... Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh. He gets his nipples out a lot Ooh. in this film. If nothing else, you've got that to keep you entertained for Because what woman doesn't love a nipple? You know, what woman doesn't <laughs> see a nipple as she's walking out street and think, that's for me? I'm going to go one step further and say what human being doesn't <laughs> like a nipple. You show me someone who doesn't like a nipple and I will show you a, a sex pervert. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so considering you haven't seen the film before, you don't even know what it's about. Yeah. You don't even know who Dolph Lundgren is, which yeah. I'm starting to question your, your sanity at this point. We are going to go and watch the trailer, okay. and then we're going to come back, and we're going to go off your initial thoughts of what you thought of the trailer. Cannot wait. Okay, so um, we're back from watching the trailer for Masters of the Universe, the classic starring Dolph Lundgren, who Shauna doesn't know. No. But now you've seen almost every inch of him. Oh, I know. So what are your initial impressions of the film? I know this isn't very good for a podcast, but I'm lost for words, <laughs> in all honesty. I think it's it's, it's definitely going to be an experience. It, um, is, yeah. it is definitely a film. Yeah, definitely a film. I mean, Courtney Cox, I'm excited to see pre-Monica, pre- what was the f- other film she were in? Was it, it was a Scream, or I Know What You Did Last? Scream, I think, but that was, that was After Friends, I think. That was After Friends. Do you know what I mean? She was looking a bit old by then. She's like, she's she like, looked haggard. She's look, she looks like she's about 10 in this. <laughs> a wee nip. But no, I'm excited for that. He. So you were saying before that he wrote and starred in the films. No, no, he, Dolph Lundgren can't write. Oh, we can't. He's, he's quite dense. Is, is he like genuinely illiterate or? I, I'm going to say no. Um, but there is a, there is a there's chance. There's a very good chance when, very you, see, good when you see him chance. try to act. It's oh. it's obvious he can't read because he doesn't know the script. He's just yeah. he's just making it up as he goes along. He's yeah. even just fighting people. And he's like, I'm not I'm <laughs> not even extras. a stunt man. Yeah, the extras are like, what are you doing? He's <laughs> running at them with the big sword okay. and everything. So yeah, no, he didn't write it. No, oh, see, I was thinking to myself, like, who would actively say I'm going to be the lead, and in that I'm also going to wear loincloth and two belts that barely cover my nipples like why why would you opt for that choice that's why i was concerned of his life decisions <laughs> if that was the case it might have been in his contract that he had to have his nipples exposed at all times i feel like he's the kind of guy that loves it anyway though do you know what i mean he's got an amazing pair of nipples uh, um, i made me some dance you know the the, <laughs> the male 
I bet he can. Male dance. I bet he can. Do. I bet he can shimmy his nipples. Yeah. Oh, but <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly, swiftly on <laughs> from his nips. I think um, we're going to, I think that's going to be the main point of conversation after we finish the film. Uh-huh. There's not, there's not much else to talk there's about. There's not much. There's Frank Langella's performance as Skeletor. Okay, yeah. I was enjoying that, to be honest with you. I feel like there's going to be a lot of mystic hands, as I like to call them. You know, like when you cut to a dream sequence in a film, it's like, yeah. it's like it goes all shimmery, and people do that shimmery thing with the hands. I feel like there's going to be a lot of that. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like overzealous hand, hand battles and stuff. Yeah. Like electrical energy flying through the air, hand battles. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. what I'm feeling. See, see I think... And, and that... a lot of, like, you know, grabbing the airs. Do you know what I mean? Like, grabbing the air, like, no! And, like, falling <laughs> to your knees and... Okay. General overdramatics. I like it. I, I like... I think your initial impressions of... Um are quite accurate to be honest from what I remember it's been a few years since I've seen this one as well I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to seeing it again I think it'll be not exciting we're going to get through a lot of coffee but we'll have plenty to talk about when this finishes and uh, and we will we will talk about it when we come back so we're off to watch Masters of the Universe Dolph Lundgren (laughs) nipple special right then so we're back after watching Masters of the Universe the um, beloved film from the yeah. 80s, from my childhood. So, Shona, what did you think of Masters of the Universe? I don't, I've not, I don't really watch films like that, and due to my age, they're not my childhood films either, so I kind of avoid them. I just want to know if they're meant to be funny or not. I want to know if that's an intentional choice, like the over-dramatisation of it. Is it a choice to make you laugh? Or they genuinely want into. I think I think part of it is a choice by the actors, and then maybe there's intentions at the beginning of the film from the director to make it a proper serious. That's what I mean. Action film with a little bit of humour spattered around, but then you see Keyman's cod piece, and then you've just got to run with it. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, people are going to laugh at this, but let's just run with that and, and yeah. hope for the best. Because like the director's meant to set the tone. But I think Skeletor actor, I keep forgetting his name. Frank Langella. Yeah, yeah. he like set the tone. He like brought it up to that, that, that level. He did. That film would not be anywhere near as entertaining oh, no. without Frank Langella mm. hamming it up. He's just chewing that, yeah. that scenery. Like what a character to just be able to be given free reign to yeah. run with. You know, I think I think you were saying that some of the dialogue he actually yeah. had lived himself. No, absolutely. So some of it he was just like throwing in there, thinking that'd be brilliant. And and go back to what you were saying earlier when you was like it was also a bit like Shakespearean, yeah. didn't you? He was like it's a bit Shakespearean like the way that it was written. And then I think a lot of that came from him. Yeah, I think for me, it did feel like that. Like they were trying to sell it as some sort of Shakespearean drama, like some kind of tragedy. And missed the mark. So maybe <laughs> that's what they were aiming for. They missed the mark. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the film I think they intended to make. So that's what I mean. Did they intend for the bits that we find funny to be funny, or was that all? Like they were thinking, you've got a triumphant moment. Punch the air. Like you celebrate him, but nobody really does that. So then it's comical because mm. it's not real. Yeah, I think the tone of the film was completely at odds with how everybody was playing the characters. That said, it was a lot more entertaining than, than I remember it being mm. when I, just I watched remembered it. remembered that Courtney Cox bit where, where she gets trapped <laughs> and she's like, no, and oh, she's grabbing her hair. The she's melodrama. Screaming. Oh, 
killed me. I think the director's probably just shouting at her, imagine you're in a soap opera, and she yeah. just she just grabbed her hair in her face, and she was like, no! I know. <laughs> it I was know. amazing. It was, I imagine, what, year nine at school, what's that, like, 12, 13-year-olds doing, like, improv drama classes, <laughs> you know, to, to show that something bad has happened. Yeah. It was very much like they were telling you everything. The little bits that they did show were just terrible as well. Like in the opening scene where those bad guys run across a little flower bed. <laughs> it's like, let's show, how can we show that these are the bad guys? How can we let the audience know? Well, who likes someone who doesn't, doesn't use the path? You know? <laughs> like. Apart from the fact that they were clad in all black, shiny mm. armour, led by a guy with the biggest mullet I've seen in my yeah. life. Huge white mullet. <laughs> Which was beautiful. Uh, yeah. uh, the the character designs in this film were yeah. nothing short of stunning. I oh think. no, yeah, no, I quite enjoyed the special effects makeup. It was very in keeping with the films of that time. You know, the Dark Crystal, the Labyrinth, Never Ending Story, where they've got these heavy, heavy latex suits of, on the face. There was that one guy in particular with. He was looked like a bit like a frog breathing with oh, his uh, neck puffed up when yeah. he was breathing and it was such a good effect and i think it's something quite beautiful in special effects makeup and the fact that 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 person is that they look in the mirror and they see that and i imagine as an actor it'd help you get into the mindset of the character by seeing what you're going to look like constantly rather than just like knowing a bit beforehand seeing it after and i think it really shows that it's a product of its time mm. because if that was made today that character would have just been entirely cgi the fact that they had to make it as a an effect that was in camera just added to it so much yeah, i agree it, it was fantastic and as well as that i mean talking about the cgi we we disagree on this but um, <laughs> At the beginning where you see Castle Grayskull for the first yeah. time and you've got this wilderness with a huge castle in the background and it's all this big matte painting which they used to do at the time to show big establishing shots of like these crazy panoramas. Yeah. I really like that. I thought I thought it was a really, really nicely yeah. done picture and incorporated well but you've got a differing opinion. I just think there's only one time that I've enjoyed that and that was Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Past that point, I, I see no purpose for it. I suppose the, the other way that they could have done it is with a miniature. Oh! Oh yeah, I know that would have been so much better, but you can tell it's just... You can, and it does in a way take it out of the movie, but mm. there's a charm to it, the mm. matte painting, that it's hard to put your finger on, but there's just something to it that makes you just look at it and go, oh, I like that. Um, me personally anyway. but then again that may go back and sorry to make you feel old but it may go back to our our age difference and the fact that that's probably synonymous with the films that you watch as a child so then that brings you back to your childhood memories whereas with me it's just so dated it's fair enough so, I, so dated. I don't need any help feeling old uh. don't worry <laughs> Something that I, I did make a note of, which I thought was perfect bad guy material. Yeah. Obviously, Skeletor following through on the look as well as his overacting hamminess yeah. was the fact that we were shown a few times in the film that he has the power to blow someone up mm -hmm. with magical energy that he fires from his hands, which he will only use on his own men, which I yeah. thought was, you know, it's an interesting choice and it's always justified with the bad guy not wanting to actually mm. kill the good guy. I think that's because in the cartoons um, I was reading, the never had the good guys killing anyone whereas within this they have the good guys killing his like stormtrooper-esque army that are robots but for a film to make it like juicier to make it you know more entertaining they need some death and because they can't have the good guys killing the bad guys they had to have the bad guys killing the bad guys <laughs> for pure entertainment purposes yeah 
Well, you need uh, you need something to lose, something to fight for, don't yeah. you? And even Skeletor himself, the only character who seems to be killed by a good guy. You roll forward to the end of the credits and it sounds like he's alive yeah. after all. You know, he didn't even die, so the good guys kill a total of zero bad guys in this, yeah. other than robots yeah. who die in very inconsistent ways. They either yeah. blow up uh, when they're hit with a sword, die in a shower of sparks, or be thrown against a wall full of guitars. With the same... Laser, though. Yeah. With the exact same laser. Multiple purpose. Yeah. Which is very in keeping with their science fiction, which had many different words for distance, for time. <laughs> and, and time. Well, if you've got... Time and distance. Yeah, I mean, if you've got so many different ways to measure time and distance, then, you know, your weapons are going to have different settings on. This one is set to blow up. Yeah. And when you fire at someone, they, they explode. Yeah. I never at any point see anyone adjusting the settings on their gun to like the stun or anything, which you, you would tend to do. In science, obviously I've seen that be used before in yeah. the Stargate series. SG-1? Yeah, I'm sure, pretty sure they set their guns to stun at some point. Did Star Trek do that where they, oh, they actually say it? You don't, you don't, re- you rarely see them do it. They go, right, set phases to stun and then it's just assumed that everybody has set phases to stun. There's not like someone at the back who didn't hear. He's like, He's like I'm going to go and kill some aliens. Screw you. But yeah, I think there's this implication that the good guys are so good Mm. that they can just cycle through those settings Mm. without you even noticing. Yeah, of course. I wrote down some of the terms used, the ever so scientific measurements. Power sikion. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Was that time or distance? I think it was used in both respects. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Chromons. And pretons. Okay. I don't know if it's like they're the, the, the counterbalance of each other. You've probably got like seconds, minutes, and hours, and a mile. Is a mile? A mile is an hour. It, it, goes, <laughs> it goes into the whole time distance. I think when you're flying through space mm. to different planets and you move in like light years, then surely. Well, yeah, the measure of time. The speed of yeah. Do you know what I mean? It gets different, doesn't it? Does. it? We're it gonna does. sound so stupid when. Somebody corrects me and says, yeah. actually, a parsecion is, ah! is a measure of actual time. As it stands, it just sounded stupid yeah, in this film. So it did. They didn't sell it well. Even if it is somehow an actual measure of time, mm. it didn't no. come across as they knew what they were talking no, about. No, it, it felt, was making up yeah. words. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It felt like they were like, we need this to sound more science fiction-y. Let's throw a few words in. They won't have a clue what we're on about. Absolutely. 100%. You just bamboozle your audience. <laughs> For no reason other than to make yourself feel cleverer. That's it. So were you happy with the level of Dolph Lundgren nipple on show? Um, I was kind of distracted from the nipple, if I'm honest. Right. By the bulge. <laughs> you know, the little indent under the cheeks. It's like, that's what I call bomb cleavage. And he had that on full display. Yeah. Full display. I think Dolph Lundgren is uh, from the If You've Got It, Flaunt It Academy. <laughs> Of acting. Jokes, now I'm imagining him shaking his bum, singing, you know, Destiny's Child, I think you're ready for this jelly. That's all of, in his, in his He-Man outfit, of course, with with the captain and the, what do you say, woman of arms, whatever you call her, his two sidekicks either side of him. <laughs> that would that would have been something, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about our favourite bits. Okay, cool. Um, so... What was your favourite bit of the film? Yeah, it's, no, it's got to be that Courtney Cox bit that I mentioned <laughs> earlier. Her screaming. <laughs> oh, it was just brilliant. 
it was supposed to be like this dramatic moment, mm-hmm. like where you know it's it's revealed that her mom, who she thought had come back to life, wasn't actually a mom. It was evil Lynn, and she'd been tricked, and she she was horrified that she'd Absolutely been tricked, duped, yeah. and she acted horrified, yeah, but horrified dialed up to ten. Yeah, I don't think I'd laughed that much at a film in a while, actually, <laughs> which is quite concerning when I don't think you was meant to laugh at that bit. I think you were supposed to feel, uh, you know, like scared, yeah. betrayed. But the thing is, before that happened, before that part even happened, me and you were like, the stupid, stupid <laughs> woman that is clearly a trap. Oh, y- y- you're all of a sudden surrounded by aliens, and then your mother that's been dead for a few years all of a sudden pops up. In the middle of yeah. a fight. And obviously, obviously you're not going to think... Oh no, that might not be my mum. That might be a trap. You're gonna think, oh, mum, mummy, mummy's home. Do you know what I mean? You do oh. think any reasonable person in that situation would have just looked at Evil Lynn and just said, "Do you honestly think I'm gonna I'm gonna fall for this?" But she did. How did you think this plan would work at all? Yeah. And but plus, then, but then there wouldn't be a film, would there? Going back to what <laughs> we said earlier as well, there wouldn't be a film if all the bad guys just got ninety percent better aim. There'd yeah. be no film. Which as robots. You would expect them to have pretty good aim. Yeah. But they don't. They, no. they do not hit a single thing no. in this film, which is quite interesting. I mean, even Stormtroopers hit something. And these guys, these guys give Stormtroopers a run for their money. Well, well they're like a um, smart price Stormtrooper, <laughs> aren't they? Let's be honest. Do you think Skeletor just got a really good deal for bulk <laughs> buying them? <laughs> it's like, the circuits are a bit faulty. They can't aim very well. It's all right. Um, I'll give you a 50% discount. Well, then if you've got double the amount of robots that you were going to have, you've got the equal amount of chance of hitting them. That's, Do you know what I mean? Well... You have 50 really good robots at shooting, or 100, or 8. Well, not all right. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't. I think Skeletor had too much faith in what his minions were capable of doing. But yeah, his actual men that aren't robots, he just killed one off. Yeah. Casual as hell. He could have just killed one of the robots. Like, if he was that angry. Yeah. To show how displeased he was. It's like... No, I'm going to kill one of the potentially capable ones. And it was the guy with the, the throat that we were the talking throat about. Like, but like you were saying, maybe it just got too expensive. Maybe <laughs> they were like, I think budget cuts up in here. That was an expensive costume. That actor was probably complaining a lot about having to get into that costume every day. He probably had to be there before anyone. Suck it up. You're an actor. That's your job. It's yeah, to sit there and do that. Dolph Lundgren gets there. He puts his underpants on. He's ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> Oils himself down. He's ready to go. This guy has to arrive like yeah. like five hours yeah, before Dolph Lundgren. Least. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and, then, and then the director's like, right, you're dead then. Do you think they had a team? I wish we'd watch the credits a bit more like, carefully because I'd wish there was like an oiling team. <laughs> like a baby oil misting team just to make him oiled and I don't think shiny it, all the time. I don't think it would have been a misting team. I think it would have been like a pump truck. <laughs> you know, like a fire engine just hosing him down with baby oil. I'm surprised in the fight scenes that they were just slipping off him. Like. There was a bit where Beastman grabs him from behind yeah. and I'm surprised that He-Man couldn't just wriggle free. <laughs> What was your favourite bit? Um, very simply, the moment where Skeletor is pontificating for a little while, and then with the most earnest look on his face, He-Man turns to Skeletor and goes, "Let her go." Oh yeah. 
in exactly dear. the same way that I said that. <laughs> oh, no. it, the, the emotion. It was the antithesis of your favourite bit. Yeah. Whereas your favourite bit had too much emotion. Yeah. My favourite bit had none at none. all. None. None whatsoever. It says something about us as yeah. personalities, I would say. <laughs> but no, that, well, that, was a, that was a funny bit. The f- I think the first time I watched that, I had to rewind it to make yeah. sure that he'd said it that way. I think I almost broke my neck, <laughs> swinging my head round to look at your reaction. I was like, hang on, did that just happen? <laughs> like, Yeah, no. I think, though, if you're looking at highlights from the film, Frank Langella's performance, 100%. all the way through, everything he does in that film is absolute gold. Yeah, he I is, loved it. His performance is beautiful. Yeah. It's in the wrong film. He's been cast against the wrong person. Yeah. There, was, there was some good actors in there. That uh, Meg Foster, who played Evil Lynn, yeah. she was she was wonderful. She was hamming it up along with him. The thing is, though, with He Man, they weren't planning on him actually talking in it. They, they planned on him having dialogue, but they said they were going to dub over with another actor's voice. Really? Yeah. But when he signed the contract, I read online, when he signed the contract, he said that they had to give him at least two opportunities to dub it himself. Now, because they were so far behind on their like production schedule, the director was like, shit, we're just going to have to have him doing what he's done now. That's <laughs> it. Like, we're just going to have to deal with... Let her go. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's, that's how we're going to play this now. So... so- Dolph Lundgren's uh, terrible performance is Dolph Lundgren's fault. Yeah. Doubly Dolph Lundgren's fault. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Dolph. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, gave, he gave a lot of comedy moments in the film. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't cast for his acting ability, though. No. He was cast for his, uh, his bum cleavage. Yes. His package yes. and his breasts. Yeah. Pretty much. Just like we complain about supermodels these Do days. Do you know what I mean? The male gaze... What, yeah. What's happened there? That's kind of absolute female gaze, isn't it? Totally. Like, we're always saying that women shouldn't wear like tight spandex as for superheroes because it's like sexualizing them for no reason. He was absolutely sexualized them for no reason. He's a beautiful man. Like, and what I don't understand, so the people that he was with that were on his side were clearly from his planet with him. Yeah. Why weren't they wearing almost <laughs> gladiator s? Ensembles. Why weren't Why weren't they? They were wearing full body suits. Yeah. Why? But like top to toe, gloves, um, socks, everything. They, you couldn't see a bit of flesh. He'd taken all of the flesh for himself in that film. Maybe. Why is his friends not saying out to him? I think maybe they have. Maybe they've told him like several times. You want to put some pants on, mate? This is undignified. And he's like, I just like to let it all yeah. hang free. This is how I fight. Don't yeah. try and change me. <laughs> you do you, I'll do me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with him. Nobody tells him man what to wear. No. If anything. We were lucky he wasn't running around with his tackle out, <laughs> to be fair. Could have maybe had a more consistent damage <laughs> than than the guns themselves, let's be honest. Oh, now I'm just imagining him thwacking those <laughs> those stormtroopers with his cock and they're <laughs> exploding with every hit. Yeah. Just I bet they would. I bet they would. I bet he can set <laughs> he's got different settings. <laughs> has it on the wrong setting yep. has sex with someone and then that's it she's exploded <laughs> she's combusted oops I meant to say it to stun yeah. like. and he's just looking there with an expressionless face going not again <laughs> that's exactly what had happened as well it is isn't it poor Dolph Lundgren he thought he had a chance to redeem himself and dub it 
So we can't yeah. 100% blame him. So during all of the scenes that they actually used, he was thinking in the back of his mind, this isn't the actual take yeah. they're going to go for. Yeah, exactly. I can say this any way I want. Yeah. And then the director was like, you know, oh, we've run out of time. <laughs> and Dolph was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have to actually use that take where I went, let her go. I know. And they wouldn't let me do another one. Because <laughs> they were over budget and over time. Oh, dear. Well, dear I don't think he could have done any better if they'd have given him like 20 takes. I know. Right. What was the worst bit of the film the for you? The worst bit. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. There were a lot to choose from. Yeah, because the worst bits were also my best bits. Because the worst bits were the bits that brought the comedy value, that actually made me engage with the film, with the, with the terrible bits. Was, was there anything that didn't work for you, though? I wondered why... What was the main... Courtney Cox's character called? Just, let's just call her Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox, not We've just her. watched the film and I can't I remember what she's called. Seriously. Um, but why did she have a boyfriend? I didn't get the whole dynamic of like normally in those stories you have someone that comes in that's an outsider to help a group of people save the day but why did they have them in a couple? In a way I quite like that because yeah. sometimes like a love interest can feel really shoehorned in to yeah. a film and I'm quite glad they didn't give He-Man a, a love interest aside from the fact that that would have involved Dolph Lundgren having to act like he yeah. was in love with someone which would have been beyond him let's I think it. what would have been an ideal situation if Courtney Cox came in as a single female mm-hmm. and got together with the other single female that were there I, I would have been on board yeah, with that I feel I like would been, it would have been revolutionary for its time mm-hmm. it would have gone down in history I really feel like they missed something there I think you're asking for a lot of a kids film though to be fair that was, it, that was a kids' film oh it was a kids' film well was it was supposed children. to be you're supposed to learn to grow up and um, be just like Pima uh, you know, emotionless, <laughs> all powerful and emotionless, but oh, really, right. really stoic looking. You can stand yeah. on a hill looking into middle distance. Well, that's what all men are supposed to be on, Darren. That, that's you what know, I was doing all morning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, like that's what all men are supposed to be: silent, emotionless, yeah. strong beings. Surely, that's right. Yeah. We were supposed to. I think maybe we we're supposed to take after those robots who can't aim. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Who had more personality than Dolph Lundgren? Some of them actually did. Some of them did. One, One of them did a head tilt when someone said something, and I was yeah. like, I really felt it. I really felt his confusion. Yeah. Like, the stuntmen who were playing them were wonderful. They, like, yeah. one of them like, did, got shot and then did a full somersault backwards. <laughs> Obviously, the somersault setting was on the gun yeah. there. The aforementioned guy who goes crashing into a wall of guitars. Yeah. Somehow, like, there was a grenade explosion. He was like, I'm going this way. I'm going completely the opposite direction of the explosion that it would throw him. He was he was going for those guitars. I did, I have just thought of my worst bit there. Okay. Side note: I didn't like the fact that at the end, her parents were alive. It was predictable, and I feel. But then, it, as you say, you've just said it's a kids' film, so maybe they have to have a little happy ending. You think her parents should have been dead? They should have remained dead. Okay. They should have remained dead, and she should have learned a very strong life lesson from it yeah so yeah kids um if if your parents die in a plane crash eternians won't come to earth save your life and then send you back to before then so that you can stop them getting on the plane that's not a life lesson you need to take away from this film how does the timeline work from this point so they've sent her back to a point where her parents are alive so then in the future 
when she, you know, she's about to move out of that house because she can't live there anymore because her parents have died and it reminds her of them. So then she goes to visit their graves where they find the key at the cemetery. Oh, no, don't do this. Now they're not going to go to the cemetery. They're not going to find the key. So it how? I, I know what you mean. And I think that is just something that you're just not even supposed to consider. Just what happened, happened. Leave it. Don't ask questions. Just yeah. here's the credits. Here's a bit after the credits with Skeletor to show that he's not dead. Just just leave it. Just 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 leave. Go and do something else. We've given you an hour and a half of fun. Just <laughs> go away. Don't think about it. Uh, I think that's that was their intention. Don't think about it too much, yeah. Yeah. They've ruined it for themselves. They've, got, They've shot themselves in the foot. They, well, they, they haven't established the rules of time travel. All that little ginger dwarf who isn't Warwick Davis <laughs> was uh, was talking about was like how time and space were just music and that was supposed to be an explanation yeah and then he was playing on his little <laughs> I was going to say his little diddler then but that was the <laughs> one I'm not saying he's got a little diddler because he's a dwarf he might be huge <laughs> you just, just full disclosure yeah. we are not saying <laughs> the dwarves had little diddlers no they might be massive I haven't seen many to be no, honest no I might google some just really really yeah. do you really want that in your search history I'm not ashamed <laughs> I, I can't I've think... heard it's like a tripod situation okay. <laughs> like, that's what I've heard with all of them because that's sexist as well uh, well I'm just I'm just saying what I've heard okay that's, this isn't from my own experiences but word on the street is <laughs> word on the street like you you walk down many streets where people are talking about dwarfs cocks I don't I think I mastered a track to, to be honest. I think we've uh, gone into a rabbit hole with this whole <laughs> the size of dwarfs' penises thing. His, so. his little, his, his little time travelling key. That's it. I feel is the correct words for you. The cosmic key. Oh, love that. <laughs> it, was a, it was a brilliantly made prop. Oh, it wow. looked like it was about to fall apart every time anybody picked it up. I quite like that about it though. They probably got through a lot of those props. Thing. But the props, whoever made the props and the costumes in this film deserve an award because yeah. they are really good. Mm. It's very little CGI or special effects. Yeah. And like that thing that he came in on, the um, Skeletor came in on near the end where the bad guys finally get the cosmic key. I'm using that now. And then they open up a biggest door ever and Skeletor and his smart price stormtroopers come through. And on that big thing, that was made and was like on wheels. It was it was quite impressive. It was really impressive. I'd love one of them in, yeah. my, in my back. And it had like three turrets see i thought i thought it looked like very phallic i was gonna call it uh the cock wagon (laughs) but you then pointed out that it looked more like ovaries yeah like a like a medical diagram of you know the the ovaries the fallopian tube going into the room 100 percent. yeah and then i couldn't get that out of my head i think maybe it was a comment on um society's fears of female (laughs) sexuality or do you think it was a complete mistake? No, I think what it was saying was inside every woman is a bit of skeletal. Inside every woman's womb, once yeah. a month, is a little skeletal <laughs> causing havoc. Without a doubt. Yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm glad we're in agreement with that. <laughs> I think uh, as well, maybe it was a bit foreshadowing with skeletal being born again at the end of the film. That is beautiful, and I love that. But I really do not think that the 
writers, directors and producers of this film had that. That I, I do agree, but it's possible that the prop designers did because oh. they did such a good job. Yeah. Maybe they actually read the script and thought, we, we've we got to put something in here because yeah. the director's not going to, is he? No. I can't pin down a point which was my worst bit. It was all thoroughly entertaining. Mm. The performances were wonderful. I mean, I've, I've made fun of Dolph Lundgren here, but I can't imagine anybody else playing that role as well as he did. He, he played that character in a very humorous way not not intentionally humorous it was mostly due to the costume he was wearing and his line delivery mm. he just put no effort into playing he-man so i've never seen the the cartoons or anything like that so i don't know if he-man is genuinely just emotionless well sometimes you have these blank slate characters who aren't given much much range because they want audiences to imprint on them like oh. like this is this is who i am in this in this journey i wasn't picturing myself as being no. he-man if anything, I wanted to be Skeletor. Skeletor was yeah. cool. I, I, I really did enjoy Skeletor. I also liked the little ginger dwarf guy. Yeah? I really did. Uh, I really yeah. did. Okay. I enjoyed him. I think it was his voice. And he also really did remind me of that character in Labyrinth that um, she initially meets and he walks around the beginning bit. Right. They had the same voice. Oh, it could have been the same actor. It might have been. Oh, cause you because I was like, oh, I hope it's Warwick Davis. <laughs> well, I've got a new. I've got a new. And it either is or it, it's not. That's the thing we find I, with dwarf I actors. I'd, I think I'd put my. <laughs> I think I'd put my life on it. Yeah. They're the exact same voice, and because that's a, a, a film of my childhood, it was quite soothing. Well, we're going to find out, and if you're wrong, then we'll sacrifice you to the, <laughs> the dark gods. <laughs> So, all right, okay, let's say a company was to remake Masters of Universe, which mm-hmm. apparently they are. Oh, really? Apparently, John Woo is directing okay. a Masters of the Universe film. But, ignoring that, and not knowing anything about it anyway, well, yeah, um, if they were to remake it today, who would star in it? One of the Hemsworth brothers. Didn't even have to think about it. Yeah. In my head already, yeah. boom. Muscular. Yes, blonde. Yeah, that's it terrible actor <laughs> <laughs> someone who's muscular blonde and not able to deliver a line yeah. of dialogue who would play Skeletor though it'd have Ooh. to be like one of I mean Frank Langella is still alive I believe I get him in I, I would pay money to see Frank Langella yeah. take the role of Skeletor back and yeah. he probably looks a bit like Skeletor now as well so he'd need less, less makeup, makeup yeah. let's go with Frank Langella yeah. though Again. Who else would you go for though? Because I'm trying. To, I'm going through my head of people, and I'm thinking of Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon mm. playing Skeletor. Yeah. Okay. Controversial, I know. Uh, yeah. But I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it work. I, I like the idea. Kevin Bacon does. He needs the money these days as well. <laughs> he's doing. He's doing phone adverts. He, Come on. He needs Skeletor let's, more than let's Skeletor throw him needs a bone. him. I don't think Kevin Bacon can do crazy enough. He's a very versatile actor, but I don't think he can ham it up to that extent. What's who's that guy that looks like Kevin Bacon? Was in a film called Regression, I think, with Emma Watson. Right. Um, Daniel... Radcliffe. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not thinking of Harry Potter. I'm uh, thinking... I'm, Have you seen Training Day? Have you seen the film Training Day? Yeah. That. Was he in that then? Let's find out. Yeah. Let's Let's have a look. Training day. Ethan Hawke? Not Daniel at all then, is it? Was it Ethan Hawke? I think I was far off, but yeah, I think it may have been Ethan Hawke. No. No. No, I don't like Ethan Hawke. Why? Uh, He's just just there. 
he doesn't bring anything to any role. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's, he's not even a Dolph Lundgren. At least Dolph Lundgren tried. You know what I mean? You know, uh, I think Ethan Hawke is just a character that just stands there sometimes. The, the actor, Ethan Hawke, is a blank slate. Yeah. <laughs> Blanks like well, that, that's uh, we should maybe put him in the human role. Oh well, maybe buff him up a bit. I wouldn't want to see his nipples as much as I <laughs> no. saw Adolf Lundgren's. To be honest, or, or you wouldn't want to see his nipples as much as you see a Hemsworth brother's nipples. Come on, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> that is true. On to the fourth question, fourth and final question: What needs to be changed in Masters of the Universe to make it Oscar worthy? I, I think going back to the point I made earlier, Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. lesbian love interest at some point that's got to be it so who's who's the interest who's the lucky woman imagine if it was evil lynn that would be beautiful it would it'd be kind of creepy as well because evil lynn was pretending to be her mum at one one point and evil lynn could probably pretend to be lots of different people it spices the relationship <laughs> up keeps it going it does yeah. but then she, she'd probably be questioning herself like is she with me just because I can look like other people or does she love who I am underneath? Does anyone love who's underneath? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, I mean, Evil Lindsay, she's she's a pretty lady. She's got amazing eyes. Yeah. Those aren't contact lenses. Those are like proper just death stare eyes. So, and I can imagine those eyes becoming googly. Yeah. For Courtney yeah. Cox. For her own daughter. In one of the scenes. In, in one of the <laughs> scenes, respectively, in one of the scenes. Or, alternately, the woman in arms, yeah. He-Man's right-hand woman, and Courtney Cox. I think she, she was quite butch as well. She's quite asexual. Yeah. She's I did quite like that about the Eternians, yeah. the fact that there wasn't any diversion in that direction. There wasn't a love interest. They didn't make woman at arms a, a love interest for yeah. He-Man. But they could have for Courtney Cox, you're yeah. saying, and that would have bagged them an Oscar. Yeah. There so, you well, you get the Oscar for having adversity yeah. in the film, obviously. So you need the adversity there. Mm-hmm. I think Skeletor being like a Christian evangelist who's just basically saying, gays are evil, mm-hmm. and he's trying to stop Courtney Cox and Woman at Arms consummating yeah. their, their lesbian love. Alternately, something mm-hmm. that could have won it Oscar may also explain Dolph's portrayal of the character is maybe that he man's special needs. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Maybe he may have special needs, and they just forgot to release that. that in the press release. I can buy it. And therefore missed out on an Oscar. A special needs muscular hero. That is Oscar-worthy material right there, because it's showing that even special needs people can triumph over adversity. Seriously, that's yeah. what I mean. That's what I mean. I just think they forgot to release it in the press release. <laughs> Some interns somewhere's getting fired because they forgot to put it out there. Now they've missed out on an Oscar. When you're going with the, the gay angle as well, the yeah. lesbian angle there, there was a lot of homoerotic tension, I felt. Serious? Between He-Man and Skeletor. Yeah, agreed. They wanted each other so agreed. bad. It was that scene in the beginning where he's whipping him. That was at the end. Oh, was that at the end? Yeah. Yeah, well, where he's whipping him. He's watching him being whipped and he's, yeah. he's loving it, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he is. He-Man's not loving it. No. He-Man's like turning into the whips before they even happen. Oh, he's just anticipating... Okay the whipping but Skeletor's loving it he's what he's loving watching He-Man get down with a bit of bondage fun with yeah. uh, that bald guy so then it really could have just been like a whole lesbian gay bi queer cinema at that. that point Skeletor could have told everybody to leave the room <laughs> and just he's him and He-Man him. him and He-Man like let's stop fighting that mate. would have been my favourite bit you know what you want I know what you want <laughs> That would genuinely would have been my favorite. Everyone leave. And he just walks up to him, yeah. grabs his chin, pulls him in, and kisses him. Roll credits. 
That would have been my favourite scene. Isn't that would have been my favourite scene. Isn't a dry eye in the house? To be fair, I did feel a bit emotional at the end. Yeah. When her parents came back. Which was your least favourite part yeah. of the film. Yeah. So your you least favourite... the timeline off. Your least favourite part of the film was the only part which made you feel emotional. Genuine emotion, yeah. Okay. I think that says a lot about me as a person. I think it does. Yeah. For me, I don't think anything needed changing in this film. I think it is Oscar worthy. Just bear with me. Not to do with <laughs> plots, acting, anything like that, apart from Frank Langella, who was robbed, let's face it. Yeah. For me, props, costumes, yeah. character design, that is some Oscar-worthy shit right there. And I think it got buried just because the film yeah. itself was pretty bad. If they'd have had that costume set designer in a better film, then it may have very well got noticed and had the recognition it deserved. But because it was in such a shocking film, everyone was just like, meh, who cares if the props are good? Who cares if the costume's good? This is ridiculous. If the director had, and the script screenwriter and the actors, let's face it, had put half the effort in that the props department mm-hmm. did, we'd be looking at a classic film here. Maybe even Star Wars yeah. level classic instead of just this obscure little film. Do you think the actors, they may be paid by the pound? <laughs> so they couldn't get much talent. They just had to get pure meat for the... There, there was a lot of really obscure characters. I mean, I think they probably cast He-Man first. They probably said, really? right, we need a blonde, muscular man. Who's blonde, muscular, and quite big at the moment? Dolph Lundgren. What was he in before this? Like, um, what was he, I don't know. Was if, he quite big in popular culture? He was or? kind of like um, an up-and-coming action movie oh. star at that point. I think he was in, uh, like, Dark Angel and, and you know, obscure okay. little, little action films. But I think he just fit the look of what they were looking for. And like yeah. you said, they, they fully intended to dub him with someone who could actually speak comprehensibly and failed to do so. Cheeky, was that in, in the 80s? Because I wasn't born, so I um, <laughs> so I can't, I can't comment. Um, but in the 80s, was it as big of a deal to like build yourself up and build yourself down as an actor? So like, Jorian, when I've become aware of films and things like that, you have actors that will beef up for roles and then actors that will slim down for roles. And Yeah, I think, well, it's, it's more then? common now, yeah. but I think the most iconic story about that was what Robert De Niro did in Raging Bull, oh, where yeah. he put on loads of weight to play his character later when his life had all fallen apart and he was actually quite big. But, you know, Robert De Niro did that instead of going for prosthetics. I don't think you're going to get anyone beefing themselves up to play He-Man. Yeah. Not really. Like, going back to what you said about who would play characters, and we see the Emsworth brothers, they're, they're doing that quite a lot. They bulk yeah. up and bulk down for Thor and that. Like, he, that's not his... Being Thor is not his natural size. No. He he goes to that level. But, is, I, I, I mean, that's hitting the gym, like, six days a week instead of the four or five he does now you know it's, it's probably only a little bit more than yeah. he does now like if someone said to uh, Chris Hemsworth your character goes through this change where he gets really fat and you need to put loads of weight on I think he'd probably say no do you reckon yeah I think he'd say you need to get someone else because I ain't losing these beauties <laughs> kisses him like mwah mwah I exactly. love the guns like yeah exactly I don't think actors these days suffer for their art probably you might get Chris Hemsworth in that role but they need Later, he'd be in a fat suit or CGI'd or something. Obviously, you've got Christian Bale, who does crazy shit with his body just for a role. But Jared Leto um, in Dallas 
Byers Club, I think that's the title of the film. That's it. Um, he lost a lot of weight for that. Yeah. yeah. So you, you do get actors here and there, but uh, Dolph Lundgren is not one of those actors, unfortunately. Sadly not. Okay, so that was Masters of the Universe. That was our podcast about that. Enjoyable little film. I, I didn't not enjoy it. No, I, I enjoyed it as well, yeah. I quite liked I it. I mean, I doubt I'll go back for like a second, third watch, but... Give it a few years, yeah. you know, you might, you might be tempted, give it another go. So um, next week is your turn to get revenge. Yes, it is. I haven't decided yet. Okay. Um, but I, I hope it's going to be something excruciating for you. So. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening.